1: I'm Kara Swisher, Editor-at-Large of Recode. You may know me as someone who is constantly surrounded by tall men. Thank God everyone is the same height on Zoom. But in my spare time, I'm just a reporter and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about power change and the people you need to know were part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair, there is no red chair anymore. We have two fan favorites. And it's the last time they're going to be together on this Rico Deco because I'm moving along to another place. First up is Casey Newton from The Verge, who over the past couple of years has done some incredible reporting on Facebook's moderation system that culminated in a $52 million settlement for just a few days ago before we're taping this around content moderators. And joining me from all the way across my house is my older son, Louis Swisher. Louis, Casey.
2: Thank you for having me, Mom. Okay, what about you, Casey? Thanks for
1: having me, Mom. Okay, because you're in my other house in San Francisco. That's right. Casey and Louie have been on the show many times. I want to bring them together uh, just one more last time. Talk about issues of the day. So we're going to start off by saying welcome back. There's so much to talk about. This is the pandemic version of this. And I want each of you, I want to start with you, Louie, to talk about how you're looking at like digital issues in the pandemic. What are you? How, is, how has it changed your internet diet or whatever else?
2: I've been using my phone so much more. What do you mean by digital issues?
1: Digital issues. Like, what do you, what, talk about using your phone more? Ignore your mother. Just please try to like focus. Well,
2: since I've been stuck at home, um, Hulu, Netflix, video games, YouTube, those have been my best friends because I can't see my actual friends in person.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I use Snapchat a lot to talk to people. Uh, I text a lot. I FaceTime a lot. So I've just been using my phone more and more and more. Like, I just. So
1: mostly the phone, not the computer.
2: Mostly the phone and the computer, just everything, you know? Like, cause you're just stuck at home. What else are you gonna do?
1: Well, read a book. But anyway, um, so, so uh, how do you like it? How do you? Obviously, you want to be with your friends. You're missing your senior year. This is just. Yeah, it sucks. Is, but, it sucks. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, I can't control it, so it's not on me to. Like, I don't really feel bad about it because I can't control it. But. um I think, you know, it does suck, and so people go on their phones a lot. I've gotten tired of my phone. I've gotten tired of, like, watching TV all day. So Uh I've gotten into new things like exercise, um, hanging out with my little brother, which is a lot of fun, Um, (laughs) and doing other things, you know, to distract myself from the biggest distractor, the phone, so...
1: Right. So how do you like interacting with your friends on the phone? Is it, is it, you know, I mean, I'm so girlfriend. used to it. I'm what so you, used to wh- it growing
2: how, up, like texting people and FaceTiming people and Snapchatting people. So it's not that much of a difference. It's just a lot more of it.
1: And it's all you've got. It's all you've got. Pretty
3: much, except for you guys, you know.
1: Yeah, I know. You're sick of your pod mates. I know that. I know that's the situation. Are
3: you in your school? Like you're still in school, right? Like you're
2: learning things? Um. No, because I'm a senior, we finished May 1st. So I've oh. just been... Relaxing since then, but before then, before that,
1: talk about before that.
2: Well, before that, we had like a lot of projects. Uh, We had our senior thesis. We had just about a major project from every single class. So that was a lot of work to do, especially through Zoom classes and online. It was difficult, um, but it was doable, and um, it's past me now. So yay. All right. So assess
1: (laughs) Zoom versus classes themselves. How did you like? Oh, classes in
2: person are way better. Zoom is just like nobody pays attention. Like Like, what what were you doing?
1: What were you doing? Not paying attention. I
2: was mostly on my phone during Zoom classes. I'm sorry, <laughs> teachers. I'm sorry. Um, I was listening. I was listening. But um, a lot not just me. A lot of people would like mess around with Zoom, do different backgrounds. I don't think it's a very intriguing environment for students. It doesn't, Why is really. that?
1: Why is that?
2: Well, because it's like you're just staring at your computer when you could be looking at like anything else on the computer. Like uh-huh. you're just looking at your class, you're listening to your teacher lecture you through the computer when you could just be like playing, I don't know, like Papa's freezeria or some other online game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> During class. I'm so During glad. During class, yeah. I'm I mean, so they can't glad. tell.
2: They really can't tell now because they're not with you. So Yeah,
1: yeah. And in class, well. let me just be clear, they have this like pouch that you put your phones in, right, when you go into classes?
2: Well, they kind of, in, they introduced that, Like halfway through my high school career, but no, most teachers didn't use that.
1: Okay, so what did you, but you couldn't use your phones in class, right? Yes, you
2: could, if you were slick.
1: Okay, well, how, okay. (laughs) But you didn't do it a lot.
2: No, I didn't, I didn't, because I actually enjoyed my classes, especially these past two years.
1: So would you push online education a lot? Do you think it's ready for prime time?
2: Well, I mean, what else can we do? We can't go back to school, so I think right now it's a doable option, but in the future, it'd be a lot better just to go back to online classes or to normal classes um, and just to go back to the way things were. I think online classes are a good surrogate, but they're not a, the best option.
1: What would you prefer? What would you prefer in, them to In do? person.
2: I, would I prefer- know, but
1: if it wasn't in person, online, if it had to be online, what I would mean, you I like? mean, no, this
2: is the best we can do right now. Unless they is can't- it? Is
1: it? Is it? What about VR? What about what would if you had a VR? I don't think
2: anybody. I don't think everybody can afford a VR headset, Mom.
1: Right. Okay. I figured that, but I'm saying if you just imagine everyone could, what would be the best way to do classes in an online environment?
2: I don't know. Something better than Zoom. It's above my pay grade. I don't. I don't come up with those ideas.
1: Casey, what do you think about these things?
3: Well, so. I mean one my my heart is broken for anyone who is in high school or college right now and they're missing out on the big milestones, you know, the prom, the the graduation ceremony, the the grad night type stuff. So, um that that's really sad. There's this whole other question though of like what is the future of a college? And I'm super curious to know like Louie how you're thinking about a first year at a new school in the yeah. fall that likely is all going to be on Zoom as as well. Like, what's that going to be like?
1: I think you they should do. just cancel
2: the semester and push it all back. Semester, yeah. honestly, I would so rather a gap start. Year. Maybe I mean, I would rather just start college in person than on Zoom. Like, that's going to be really weird. Um, not really looking forward to that. But do you want to um, do
1: it? We haven't really talked about this. I so mean, I, I,
2: if I, if I have to do it, I have to do it. But right. I don't really want to. I'd rather start college in person. You know, because that's right. a very it's a very large experience in someone's life and I would appreciate to be able to be there in the classroom.
3: Yeah, also like, you know, the whole like first month of college is about landing in a dorm and just making friends with everyone who's randomly assigned to live next to you, right? And I just don't know how you recreate any of that part of college which is at least half of the experience, you know, if you're just, you know, doing, you know, I don't know class projects on Zoom. Yeah, it can't really be done.
1: We have to have a longer discussion about this, but would you still do it nonetheless and be an NYU online student?
2: Um, Well, I don't really want to go to New York right now because of everything that's going on. But if I have to, then I will. I'd rather not, but if I have to, I will
1: let me get back to high school. Would you, what do you think about this idea of a virtual prom or a virtual graduation? No. No. (laughs) No? Why?
2: Um, Because why? Why would
3: I want to do a virtual prom? You could dance with
1: me. You could Uh, dance with me. We
2: can always dance, mom.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's harder to
3: get drunk at a virtual prom because your mom is always going to be right around the corner, you know? Oh Casey. <laughs> oh
1: Casey!
3: Oh Casey! Casey! <laughs> Is that what you did at your prom? <laughs> no, I was I was a I was a I was a very good boy, and I didn't I didn't drink until like like uh like a couple weeks after I graduated from high school. Uh, but so wait, who know, did you
1: go to the prom with, Casey?
3: Uh, I went to the prom with Rosemary, Serena, and you know everyone just you know sort of agreed to pretend that I was not a homosexual, and it was very sweet. Okay. Uh yeah, uh-huh. it was, but it was it was fun. I had a good time at the prom.
1: Good, good. So, what about graduation, Louis? I mean, what if they're? What are they doing? They're they're deciding whether to do it in July or. Yeah, so my school's
2: deciding whether or not it's going to do it in like August or July over Thanksgiving break, over winter break, or over or during the class of 2021's graduation. And oh, nobody I know come. wants to do it then.
1: But well, nobody you don't want to come back. Do you want to do it even in November? If you I'm don't. already like
2: a year into college, just screw my graduation. I'd rather not have it. <laughs> right. Okay. All
1: right. Okay. And but what 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 do you imagine what, how would you would you like a socially if they do it in person, they may have to do it socially distanced so that you're by you know, have you ever seen those naval graduations? The six no. feet apart, and they're wearing masks. Do you? Does that appeal to you? As a, as a- I
2: mean, I, I, I guess. But how important is walking across the stage to get a diploma? As long as you get the diploma.
1: Well, some people think it's important. Some people think it's very important.
2: It is what it is. I mean, to me, it's not the most important thing. So, it'd be nice to have a graduation, but under, you know, the current circumstances, I don't really see it as a
1: necessity. So let me ask you the last question on this topic. So, what do you feel like you've lost? You don't, you haven't done this, but do you grieve this or what? How do you feel about it? I've I mean, lost I my
2: youth, mom. I feel like I've lost my <laughs> youth. <laughs> um, no, I think what I've lost is just like for the past four years, every class in front of me has hyped up this part of senior year, like the second half of senior year. Yeah. And. No. Um, it's non-existent for me, which is fine. Yeah. Um, it sucks. It really does suck. Uh, I wish I could have had it, but the most I can do right now is just stay safe, socially distance, and do my part to ensure the general public health. Like I'm not going to get that upset about it because there's nothing I can really do to control it. And I find like a sense of like relief in that that there's not much I can do except for you know do my part to yeah, stay healthy. That's
1: very mature.
2: Um, thank you, but. I I don't know. I'm not gonna like just complain. I'd rather not complain. So
1: all right, okay. Well, you can complain a little bit to me. I'm I don't mind. So Casey, how do you think Zoom is doing? How do you imagine? Like, look, these 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 are very less than uh, ideal circumstances for any of this stuff. But how do you think it's working out for people at work and yourself and everything else? Because we all have to do this. We're on Squadcast now. We usually do these interviews in person and imagine. have a lunch afterwards. For I example. miss it. I, miss I, know. It.
3: Yeah. I I miss it too, and and it will come back. Um I think one of the big stories of the pandemic has been the way that tech has kept us together and um And Zoom obviously has been a huge part of that. They were not expecting this. It's been great for their business. And, you know, it's enabled me to keep doing my job. It's enabled the people at, you know, all of the big tech companies to keep doing their job, although, you know, sometimes they're using their own flavor of video conferencing. But I'll tell you, I've like seen some products that are kind of still in beta right now that build on what Zoom is doing that are just like way better. And I think that a year beta with who?
1: Big companies? Uh, kind
3: of small startups that are looking at what Zoom is doing and saying, what could we add on to this? Like, what would make online classes easier? Or what would make um, like online presentations or even entertainment better in in a Zoom kind of world? Um, mm-hmm. And I think a year from now, the stuff you're going to be able to do in video conferencing is going to make what we're doing today look uh, incredibly primitive.
1: And what what would that entail? What would that entail? So
3: you know, right now the only thing you can do on Zoom to liven things up is have a virtual background, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But what, what d- if you could import? <laughs> what, do you,
1: what did you, do? Louis, just snickered? What are you snickering? <laughs> what was your background, Louis?
2: Um, I heard like a lot of people got notes home at my school, like from written because of their backgrounds and their choice of background because it wasn't very. School Zoom appropriate.
3: What's the most inappropriate Zoom background that you saw in class?
2: I don't think I could say it on here. Say it, oh, go wow. ahead.
1: All right, just text go me ahead. later. Go then. say it. No, say uh, it. Will, what is it? What is it. What is it? What is it? Say
2: it. Um, No, nah, it's just like a screenshot from a porno. That's-, that's- <laughs> Oh,
1: well, I got, you know, I got porn bombed. I got porn bombed. Did you really? You know, that's it. right. Oh, yeah, You're Zoom. still recovering oh. from that. No, Jessica Lesson is still recovering. I was perfectly fine with it because I lived with you, Casey. Um, oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no it, was, it was real dirty porn. I have to say, I was like, whoa, that's dirty porn. And it was in the middle of a talk about feminism, essentially. That, and that it's, is great. We so,
3: shouldn't laugh. Yeah. We shouldn't laugh at that.
1: Well, uh, you know, Jessica was like, oh, what, what? And I'm like, oh, we're getting Zoom bombed. And then she turned everything off. It was, it was funny. <laughs> it was, I do not. Officially endorses Zoom bombing.
3: I yeah, think there was a, there was a lot of like really terrible, harmful, hurtful Zoom bombing. It happened to what me very bombing? early on. That's they when put, you like take over someone else's screen and broadcast porn.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: don't you have to be a participant though in the no, Zoom call? No, if you
1: don't put the right features, if you don't put the right yeah. strictures on it, anybody can take over the screen. And people didn't know how to use Zoom because it's been an enterprise project, right? Mm,
2: so, okay. So. Oh, I think I heard about I heard about a. I saw a screenshot of an email from an NYU professor out to their class about just that on Instagram,
1: yeah. and the other one is 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 setting up. Your younger brother was talking about they sign in as different names like Mel Lester. Uh, Mo, or Mo Lester, excuse oh, yeah. me, and different things like that. They have different names, and that's he thinks funny. that's hysterical. But he told that's-
2: me once that his friend brought in his out-of-school friend into their school Zoom call, and he just asked a bunch <laughs> of ridiculous questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Stuff like that. It's not a very good environment for that. Anyway, anyway, back to Casey. Casey, so you, yeah. so you think there's going to be like, what would that entail? Like, how would it be better? How could? What's the paradigm beyond these like boxes, like the Brady Bunch? Yeah.
3: So just think about all the things that you do in a real world meeting that you can't do on zoom right like in a real world you might have a whiteboard right in a um you know, you, you might have a way for people to exchange ideas more easily. Um, You know, maybe you could bring in other kinds of media, you know, whether it's video or audio and do something that felt a little bit more theatrical, right? Think about all the entertainers right now whose only livelihood is performing on Zoom and think about how little, you know, they can do via that and, and what might be useful to them. So I just think you're going to see people take all of these like real world analogs and turn them into software and build that either into Zoom directly or to create competitors.
1: Right. And so what about the Facebooks and the Googles of the world doing this? Like they, now Google has had a product in the office and Facebook has sort of had a product or not. Talk about those because that was Controversial.
3: As usual, Google created like 17 teams to build 17 nearly identical products and release them under very confusing names. And so, yes. they, so they're like kind of trying to consolidate everything right now into something called Meet uh, that is basically just a Zoom clone. And that has recently rolled out. And then Facebook has a product called Rooms, which was supposed to come out a couple of weeks ago. I think it's finally going to start rolling out within the next uh, week or two. Um, but the idea there is basically Zoom, but you'll be able to access it from your your Facebook news feed or Facebook Messenger or Instagram or WhatsApp. And the way it'll work is you'll be bored at home. So, you know, Louie's bored at home. He wants to catch up with his friends. So he'll just create a room and then his friends will say like, oh, Louie's hanging out. I'll just hop into this room and, you know, we'll we'll chat. And that was a um, an idea that was pioneered by a company called House Party. Uh, which yeah, so that exists. is House and Party. I was pride. about to say, yeah.
2: that, is, yeah. that is exactly House Party.
3: Also, yeah, wait, Casey, so-
2: Wait, what what reality do you think me and my friends are on Facebook?
1: Yeah, I well, you said
3: you were on Snap. You know, you're Yeah, you're, you know, we're just cleaning. we're just playing
2: an, we're just playing Animal Farm. We're having a good
3: time. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well there you go. So yeah, wherever the heck you are, you know, you'll have some way of of dropping in and, and spending time with each other.
1: All right, let me just beg the question which Louis did ask very presciently yeah. is it's house party, it's ripping people off, it's Zoom. Yeah. Why do these people suddenly like they're late to the pandemic party one and two? They look like big, giant bullies moving in on it. Like, they can't possibly just stay out of it. And why didn't they innovate before? Go ahead, Louie. Wait,
2: doesn't you. Google Hangouts also exist? Why do they need a new, like... And new features well,
3: they they had they had a bunch of products on the market, and it was very confusing. And, you know, some of them were for consumers and some of them were for businesses. And nobody really knew what was what. I mean, it was it was like the classic mistake that Google always makes. Um, but, you know, I mean, when it comes to Facebook, I think Facebook is basically just set at this point. If another social ac- behavior or activity becomes popular, we are going to copy it. Like they regard any other social interaction on the internet that they do not own as an existential threat, and they're going to copy it until somebody tells them that that's illegal.
1: Well, also. Oh, Mark. Oh, (laughs) Mark. Oh, Mark. Oh, Mark. But really, seriously, come on. This was yeah. like so egregious. It was like egregious. I was like, are you kidding me? Google, the people from Google wrote me saying, I can't believe you didn't know all our products. And I said the same thing. You're a bunch of confusing. I know they yeah. were there. I just couldn't find them. Right. But then they had no or, or marketing or any interface that made sense. I thought they were Hangouts. What is what is the other one? What was it called? Uh,
3: there's Meet and Hangouts and Hangouts, Meet and, hangouts, meet and Buzz uh, and Wave. They were trying and to explain G-chat. the difference.
1: And yeah. I said, because you need to explain the difference problem. Are they going to get in trouble for doing this? Like, going after Zoom now? Going after house party? Going after, like, is there any idea that they can have on their own that is not shoplifted? No.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, like, this is this is the one of the, the best and most enduring criticisms of Facebook, is that it's had a couple of really great ideas over its run. You know, the news feed was a really great, clever idea. But, you know, since then, most of its good ideas have been uh, acquired or copied. And, um, You know, I think the long term risk of that isn't so much they're gonna be told you can't do that, as it is people are going to choose not to work for that company because they're gonna feel like they can't do really creative work or you know, the creative work that they do there is is gonna get squashed. So um, I think that's the the real risk. Um, but but you know, I I think your point gets to something else that I'm paying a lot of attention to right now, which is because all these tech companies are the only thread holding society together right now, they're getting enormously powerful. And because we're relying them every single day, and we have no real alternatives. Like We're going to come out on the other side of this, and Amazon, Apple, Google, Facebook, they are going to be stronger than ever.
1: Wow, I wrote a whole three New York Times columns on this. Anyway, (laughs) we're with Casey Noonan and Louis Swisher. We are going to talk about the power of tech companies. We're also going to talk about what stuff is coming up when we take a quick break after this.
0: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day.
3: Hey, it's Tom Warren, Senior Editor at The Verge here. Microsoft is in an era-defining moment. It's betting on AI as the future of work, it's Xbox business is going through transformational changes, and the Mac versus PC war is about to be back on. So, I'm launching a newsletter called Notepad, It will be your inside guide to all those changes and beyond. From details on the next Xbox to that one time every Microsoft employee named Michael appeared on a mysterious email list. Whatever is happening at Microsoft, you'll be able to read about it first in Notepad every Thursday. Go subscribe now at theverge.com forward slash Notepad.
1: We're back with Casey Newton and Louis Swisher, who are giving me a hard time by making noise with microphones and sniffles. In any case, Casey, get to that point. This is a topic I've been like saying they're going to be bigger, stronger than ever. They've done a good job in a lot of things. They're doing like uh, things like giving the rich people are giving money away. They're doing contact tracing. You know, you're using, you know, Amazon delivery, uh, all this. How, how do you feel about this? And Louis, I'd love to know how you feel about these tech companies like Amazon becoming even more powerful in our lives because you're a huge Amazon user. Casey, first.
3: So look, I mean, for the past three years, we've been having this discussion about the tech companies getting too big and too powerful. We've seen some calls to break them up, right? That was basically the heart of Elizabeth Warren's campaign. And I think heading into 2020, there was a lot of momentum behind this idea that, hey, maybe Facebook will have to spin off Instagram. Maybe Amazon will have to spin off AWS. And then... Then, then the pandemic came along, and all of a sudden, we needed these companies more than ever. And they had a once in a generation chance to prove that their size was beneficial to the world, right? And so, if you're Mark Zuckerberg or you're Jeff Bezos, this is not a crisis that you're going to waste. You're going to do everything you can to prove that it is your size that is a, a benefit to the world. And you know, they're they're making that case right now. Has and- it worked?
1: Has it worked?
3: How is are they still, doing that? Yeah. So, well, we haven't really seen any polling about how people feel about that, but um, I I expect we will see some soon, and I expect that people will generally feel more positive about these companies. Although it's interesting in the case of Amazon uh, because their service has been so bad, right? It's uh, and for totally understandable reasons. But you order anything on Amazon and it costs twice as much as it used to, and it comes two weeks later than it used to. So I think their like consumer sentiment is going to go down a little bit. Um, but you know, how how are they magnifying their power, Louis? Well, it's like all of a sudden every store in your neighborhood is closed and the only way to buy anything is to go to, you know, uh, an online retailer. And for most people, that's going to be Amazon.com, at least in the United States. Or Um, go to a
1: grocery store owned by Amazon.com or Walmart. You know, Walmart can sell surfboards even though they're not essential. And now the surfboard shop can't open, for example.
3: Yeah. For yeah. for
1: example. So how Louie, how do you feel about like Amazon and the home delivery? You were doing a lot of that. You do a lot of takeout. Another thing I is Actually, takeout. I actually
2: haven't. I've been recently I used I actually did more ordering food before this whole pandemic started. Like I've been cooking a lot at home, I've uh, been more self-sufficient yes, com- about that. You know, just trying to limit outside contact. But I think it, it is a little scary considering how like how much these companies are gonna grow and like taking our vulnerability and our Like you know, just using that to their advantage. Um,
1: How do you feel about these big tech companies? I mean, how do you? I mean, I don't know. I've grown
2: up under them, so as they've gotten bigger. I remember when uh, Facebook bought Instagram, and I didn't really think of it. But like now, they have like an even larger user base, and I think they. I do agree with Warren. I agree with Warren on most things, but I think that um, the big companies should be broken up. I don't think that their size benefits them. Um, I think I think it benefits the people at the top, like Mark Zuckerberg and you know all the other CEOs. But I don't think it benefits the average consumer and the average employee. So I think we do rely on them in this time period. But once we get out of it then we're going to have to take a hard look at these companies and see how.
1: So you're still not, you know, you don't want to thank them and send them flowers. No. What? No. What? 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 Um, And how do you feel about essential workers? I mean, with these people that have to deliver stuff to you, there's all these controversies around the safety and the health and safety. These people are getting sick. You know, we can't go to our Whole Foods in our neighborhood because it's COVID Whole Foods.
2: Yeah. The New York Times did a really interesting uh, video with a McDonald's. I think it was the New York Times. They did a video with a McDonald's employee about um, how Workers should get uh, paid sick leave, and um, it's 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 really interesting because like I think you know they definitely should. And she one line she said was that if I get COVID, do you want me making your hamburger? Which I thought was interesting. So um, and scary too. And I th- thought no. So um, I think that you know it's essential workers because they are essential should be treated as such. Um, should be treated with a lot more respect, uh, with higher wages, with compensated sick leave. And yeah, and my girlfriend is actually an essential worker at a grocery store. So, you know, it's it's a bit concerning to me. I hope that she stays safe and um, I hope she gets paid more for her work during this time. And she is, but, you know, I think we should treat essential workers as such. you know.
1: What about the big companies? Uh, say Uber now is looking at Grubhub. I don't know if you know that, but Uber is thinking about buying Grubhub, and there's some stories about that. They would have 55% of the delivery market, while DoorDash would have 35%. And they take 30% off the top, is that right, Casey, uh, of these delivery services? do you? I don't do know you, the do exact
3: you, number, but yeah, the fees are huge.
1: The fees are huge. Do you think about that at all when you're ordering, Louis? That, like, no, the, the, no, you no. don't,
3: because they don't make it
2: evident for you to think about like I, right, didn't really, I didn't even easy. know about that. Yeah, um, yeah. You don't. I, you don't really often think about the person who's delivering your food, except for like, what are they going to get here? Why are they so late? Or the thank you when you get your food. Um, but I think especially during a time like this, it's important to like take a step back and just appreciate them for their service to you and the community by you know putting their lives and their family's lives at risk and their health at risk, uh, so that you can get whatever you're ordering. You know whether or not you need it or not. I think we should all take into consideration how much we're leaving the house, how much things that are outside of the house are coming to us. And, you know, unless it's completely essential, I think we should stop those activities, honestly.
1: Well-trained, Louis Swisher. Fantastic thought. So Casey, what do you think of this Uber Grubhub thing? Because I think, you know, they'll have an, do you think it'll go through now AOC and Warren? And by the way, Louis Swisher's about to turn 18 tomorrow. Um, and he will be Oh my be gosh, voting. happy he's, birthday, Louis. Yeah, he's going to be voting, and I think Warren is his choice. Um, Yes, uh,
2: she is. I love Elizabeth Warren.
1: Yeah. So, um, she and AOC just put forward a, the pandemic merger uh, act that they're trying to get passed, which is to stop uh, uh, mergers during the pandemic that will that, because of the pandemic. And one, Uber might fall under this, although Grubhub is not struggling. They're all not struggling. They're all doing great. What's going to happen to Uber
2: Eats then if they buy Grubhub? It
1: will become part of Uber Eats. So they will own the market. They're taking out a competitor, essentially. So, Casey, what do you think? I think it's not going to get through. I, I can't imagine two companies uh, you know- owning 90% of the market.
3: So, I find the economics of the delivery businesses so confusing because they definitely seem like they're growing, but to my knowledge, they're not particularly profitable. Like, is Uber Eats yeah.
1: profitable? I think it is, yes.
3: Is it prob Okay, well, yeah. good for them. Maybe they've just sort of jacked up the fees high enough, but the whole economics of that situation seem really messy to me because of the thing that we were saying earlier, that the fees that they exact from these restaurants are so huge. I think that, uh, I mean, frankly, most of the businesses in San Francisco are probably going to be out of business by the end of the year, even those that are relying on services like this. So, you know, even as we see consolidation in these delivery companies, I think the amount of stuff they have to deliver is just going to decline and you're going to start seeing more of these ghost kitchens. I realize this is a tangent, this is the best story I've seen. The best story I've seen about this in the past week is that um, Chuck E. Cheese was selling pizza through one of these delivery services, but they'd rebranded it as like... Mark's pizza or something. It was like they were hiding oh, the really? fact that it was Chuck E. Cheese pizza because they knew no, people wouldn't order pizza. that to their house. So they just sort of gave it a different yeah. name. Uh I re- yeah. yeah that, that's just a tangent. But also anyway, ghost I don't Kitchen know Travis
1: Kalanick was in Ghost Kitchens. Isn't yes. he's been in ghost kitchens?
3: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a he's a he's a wily one. You have to watch him.
1: Yeah, yeah. This idea. Um, you know, w- so what do you imagine is gonna happen here? Do you think it's gonna
3: I mean, I, every time you think that the U.S. government is going to intervene to prevent a merger from happening or take antitrust action, like, nothing happens. So I just sort of always default to nothing's going to happen and the tech companies will get what they want.
1: All right. And in that vein, Louis, you know, you are a cook. You were thinking of doing a, a career in cooking, possibly. You're an excellent cook, by the way. Thank you. He made a delicious meal last night. I got home from something and it was right there. It's amazing chicken. He's cooked pasta from scratch and stuff like that. The career in restaurants, restaurants are really going to be hurt going forward. How do you already were sort of on the fence, whether you wanted to work in restaurants, but how do you look at that industry? Like as, as a, as a consumer, if people are going to be doozing these ghost kitchens and delivery and, and, and boxed meals and things like that.
2: Yeah. Well, um, this pandemic isn't forever. So at some point it's gonna, you know, everything's going to go back to some state of normalcy, but, um, for the time being i think that uh well i don't know like food delivery and food consumption is like the ultimate essential business like no matter what happens that stuff is going to stay around people are going to be looking out for that um i think definitely restaurants are going to be impacted i've been watching a lot of videos about how restaurants are like on youtube um about how restaurants are operating during the crisis and like what they're doing to like save employees or what they're doing to like deal with the change like i heard i was i was watching this video i believe it was from Vice Media um, about this one restaurant that used to have like 115 employees. Now they're down to like 10 and they're just doing like meal kit um, deliveries and they only do one meal a day because it's it would be too much for them to like do all three. And so I think people in that industry right now are going through hell. Like I know a lot of my friends have been furloughed or laid off from their jobs um, at restaurants and it's a really, really tough time and I think that you know, we will come back from it eventually, but until then, like I said earlier, we need to treat essential workers as essential. You know, pay them well, give them benefits, um, and make sure that the people who are making our food and delivering it to us are protected just as much as we are inside of our homes. Um, so, I think it's just important to remember that these are people at the end of the day, um, and people who need to have their like livelihoods. And their health maintained throughout this crisis because everything will go back to normal. But until then.
1: Well, in that vein, UBI, you know, you liked Andrew Yang too. That was another person you uh, liked. We're, huh? What was that? You can't. Well, you I kind of liked
2: it. Andrew Yang. Not really. Okay. But All right, um, gotcha. I did get to bounce an event of his at Manny's Event yes. Space in the Mission of San Francisco. And I got to yeah. tell a bunch of Andrew Yang fans, no, you can't come in. You're 30 <laughs> minutes late. And they did not like that. They did not like that. Um, but. Yeah, he, he's smart. He's smart. At the end of the day, he's very, very smart. Well, I totally what do you think was, about
1: giving people money? Like, I don't idea. agree
2: with his freedom dividend, but I think universal basic income is a must-have. It's I a think. big
1: tech thing. It's a big tech idea. You know. Well,
2: it's a big idea sure. for the people who can afford it. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
2: I think it's something that definitely needs to be mandated or assisted by the government. But I totally agree with the $15 an hour minimum wage the one right now it hasn't it hasn't been increased federally in like 10 or 15 years right and yeah, that's something like that yeah', yeah. It's, that's not that's not competent that's not good we can't do that um, you know going into college and then luckily going into college and then going into the workforce soon I want to be able to make sure that not just me but everyone around me has you know a sustainable income so it's really important to have a, uh, like some type of mandate to make sure that everybody's paid a living wage, a fair wage, something that they can like come to work off. They can live and like feed their families and come to work to the next day off of. So,
3: um, I, I think. think you
1: should run for office, Louis Schwab. What do you think, Casey? <laughs> um,
3: I mean, I'd like to hear more about his platform, but I think he's got yeah. very solid yeah. fundamentals. So, when
1: when Louis is talking about that idea of what how how you solve this restaurant problem, what is there anything you see, Casey, that's happening in tech that you think is going to solve it for these restaurants and and stores also?
3: Honestly, Kara, so many people are acting with this sense that everything is just going to be back to normal by the end of the summer, and I don't believe that that is the case. I don't believe that things are going to be back to normal by Christmas, and so do you. It,
1: do you see that photo in the Wisconsin bar?
3: I've seen the tweets about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we and we know, like, we believe in science, so we know what is going to happen when people start crowding into bars, right? Um, you know, I think in San Francisco, even if you were to reopen restaurants, um, you know, with social distancing and stuff, one, a lot of people would still stay away, um, and uh, and and as a result. I think a lot of those restaurants would close because the economics wouldn't work. Um, you know, one of the things that's really broken my heart, because, you know, I live in the Castro, is uh, is this iconic bar, uh, Twin Peaks, um, has like a, a GoFundMe right now, uh, you know, asking for folks to help out to kind of keep it going while while it's shut down. It, and it's a iconic bar. It's the first gay bar in the Castro that had its windows uh, open to the street so you could see who was inside.
1: Same here in D.C. with Ben's Chili Bowl.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's not a gay and, and bar, so, Mom.
1: <laughs> That's not a gay bar. No, it's not. But it's gay people go there. We yeah.
3: yes, we went there. Um, but but you know, so I'm looking at this GoFundMe, and of course, I you know, I think people should should contribute and and should to support it. But I'm thinking, you think of how many iconic bars and restaurants are there in America, and how many of us can just support them being closed indefinitely for like the rest of this year? You know, it's just, it's just so hard for me to imagine how many of these iconic spots are going to survive uh, what is to come.
1: So that leaves us for this last topic and then we're gonna to get to some fun stuff in the last section which is opening up America free America now I wrote a column today about Elon Musk and his mother got mad at me even though it was the most mild of criticisms and of course all the Elon lovers piled on and then the Elon haters piled on <laughs> so I'm right in the middle of a delightful Twitter experience today um, but what do you think about this open America now Louie what do you what, you know you're being very like let's let's Well, let's be safe. Let's be smart.
2: Because, you know, if we go out too early and we all get sick again, we're just going to have to go back into lockdown for even longer. So I'd rather do it right the first time than, you know, mess up and have to do it again. I think... that, you know, we have to just remember that we have to stay healthy. And it's not just about you. It's about everyone around you. Yeah. Um, and but there's a
1: big push. Look, Elon Musk is pushing the idea. No, it's that stupid.
2: We it's really stupid. We're not ready to go out. We don't have competent testing. We don't have competent health care. We don't have any treatments that really work. We don't have a vaccine. We can't go out and expose ourselves to this virus if we don't have any means to fight it or any knowledge of where it is. I think oh. it's important to stay inside and stay healthy, not just for wow. you, but for everyone around you. It's
1: very intelligent. What did you think about uh, all the, the Trump uh, hearings? Have you watched any of them? I mean, the briefings.
2: I me. tend to just ignore the man. Like, it's, I don't know, I should, probably shouldn't because he's the president, but I think if we all just ignored him and didn't listen to what he said, then he w- it would take a lot of power away from him. But, um I yeah I do watch it because he's just, I just hear about it through other to the news or something and he's just really mishandling this crisis. I really couldn't
1: with a lot of misinformation. So so in terms of opening now, you think it should be so, Casey? What do you think? I mean, how is tech handling this? They 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 Twitter today uh, yesterday decided you, you don't have to ever go to work. Jack Dorsey's like forever. <laughs> Google and uh, Facebook say you maybe you can come to work, but maybe not. Whatever they seem to be handling it well. All these tech companies and that regard, the big ones.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, these are jobs that can be done on laptops with Wi-Fi connections. It's not particularly important where the laptops and the Wi-Fi are, so they've been able to navigate this pretty well. Uh, You know, if you're Twitter, I think you see it as a recruiting opportunity and probably a way to hire more engineers who are of high quality, so maybe give them a bit of a competitive advantage. It is a really good question. Like, if you assume that we're going to be in rolling shutdowns and shelter-in-place orders for two years, um, how many people are going to get out of the Bay Area? It's going to be a good number of people, right? Because if you can, you know, make a hundred thousand um, dollars a year, are you gonna want to pay twenty five hundred or three thousand dollars a month in rent, you know, if all you need is a is a working Wi-Fi connection. So I do think we're gonna see a bit of an exodus. Um and I'm I'm wondering, you know, how, how long it's it's gonna last. I, I mean this is I mean, needless to say, we are in wild and unprecedented times here.
1: All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we get back and we're talk about some fun things, because this has turned really dark, you <laughs> two. I expect humor and la- laughter from you two, and we get back and we're talk about what's hot now in the tech space and what's coming and fun uh, when we return. All right, we're back with Louis Swisher and Casey Newton. Okay, you guys are bumming me out with your safety and everything else because I <laughs> want a free America now. I'm on Elon's, Elon's Yeah, but don't
2: side. we all? Don't we all? No, of just course do we it right. do.
1: I literally saw that. I, I saw the picture of the people in Wisconsin and I was marginally hating them for being so thoughtless and stupid and there, many of them will probably die unnecessarily. And at the same time, I was like, I would like to be in that bar. So I think it's. I think everybody's feeling that way is mm-hmm. is people are had it with the quarantine kind of thing. Um, so let's talk about some fun things. So talk about one thing you think is cool in digital right now. now Louis, you don't use TikTok, do you?
2: I have an account, but I'm not a big user of it. I think the what creepiest you, thing why? was I was in Arizona when I downloaded uh-huh. the app, and the third TikTok I saw was about Arizona. And then I was like, whoa, that is <laughs> terrifying. Um, yeah. I don't like this. Uh, but then I kept downloading it. Once they figure out what you like, and they figure out like what you like to look at, they don't do a bad job. But TikTok is full of cringe and... A lot of things, but it's also, you know, a lot of people, so many people are using the app. You can't really avoid it. Instagram is now TikTok because it's just flooded with TikTok videos that have been posted over. So so
1: what is that going to do to Instagram? Now you got mad when Instagram by Facebook came up, right? You were like, "Ugh, they put the name on it. Now I'm reminded it's Facebook. Anything Facebook, you and your friends are like, no, thank you.
2: Yeah, we're not big fans of that.
1: But you were using Instagram.
2: Yeah, I mean, because we were using Instagram before Facebook bought it. That's why. I mean, Facebook could buy Snapchat and I'd still be using Snapchat.
1: All right. So do you like Instagram or does Snapchat still the thing you love? It's
2: fine. It's fine. Like, I don't really like Instagram. I I like the social media sharing apps Are just they have they haven't really changed much over the years. They definitely haven't changed over the pandemic, except for people posting like photos of them being like, "I miss the beach" or something like that, or just people right. posting pictures of them and their friends not being socially distanced, and then the ensuing chaos that comes from a post like that. But
1: <laughs> what happens? Everyone oh, goes, people what get do you pissed.
2: Do? That's what. Yes. Yeah. But like, I can, I can, I can understand both sides. People want to see their friends, but also. You're being a little selfish, you know.
1: Right, right. And so you don't you don't use Instagram as much. You use Snapchat all the time.
2: I do, yeah. It's the main way of talking to people. I use Snapchat and text. It's it's nice to be able to talk to people and see their face in like Right. So so
1: and you're very adept with that. Now Snapchat's shares are up like crazy. Casey, explain it, Mr. Social Media Expert. Explain what? Snapchat it's been do- the sock has been soaring it's been doing well or do you not think that's the case you made a face yeah i You're mean making a face.
3: it's been doing well for exactly the reason that Louis said which is that you know he's home from school and this is how all of his friends are staying in touch so that's been good for them at the same time it's an app that makes money by selling ads and the ad market is really hurting so i think that piece of it is hard for them so you know how do they square that circle remains to be seen also like how much does that make it harder for them to innovate to build hardware which is really capital intensive like, you know, I think they're definitely still in a in a tough place, but they're benefiting from the fact that, you know, a lot of kids sitting around at home with not much else to do.
1: how do you feel about TikTok right
3: now? So I'm a uh I, I should say I have been consistently wrong about basically every opinion I've ever had about TikTok. Like I thought it wasn't gonna get that big, then it got really big. I thought it was gonna flame out overnight. It did not flame out overnight. Uh, you know, I, I thought it's kind of big moment in the sun was gonna be over really soon. And instead it is only, you know, continue to get more. Powerful. Um, earlier this year, like around January, it seemed like the U.S. government might force it to be sold off over security fears because its, it's parent company uh, ByteDance is based in China. Uh, that has gone absolutely nowhere. So you know, TikTok has proven to be really resilient in a way that has surprised me. Um, and, and I will say that it is a hundred percent better at a thing that Instagram has been trying to get good at forever, which is um, like discovery. Right? Instagram has this Explore page. You go to it. It shows you a bunch of Instagram stuff. That never you never look. follow no i they have redesigned it 20 times and it has never gotten one percent better i told instagram executives earlier this year that the explore page should just be like essentially tiktok you open it up it shows you one thing it's based on machine learning you know you can share it directly to your story from there i i honestly assume that that's what they will do and the instagram explore page will just one day be tiktok and that is how they will beat tiktok in the end
1: beat tiktok in the end you think beat tiktok
3: yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, TikTok might still stick around and it might still succeed in the same way that Snapchat has managed to fend off Instagram to some degree. But I, I'm i confident that, I mean, like Louis said, what is Instagram right now? It's full of TikToks. So Facebook is very good at figuring out, okay, what is the thing that made you share a TikTok? Like, we can do that and they're going to figure that out.
1: See, but I think TikTok, a lot of it is based on creativity, just no, like yeah. Snapchat is. No, it's just people copying each
3: other's trends and like. (laughs) Yeah, but they don't do
1: that on Instagram. I mean, because you can't do the
2: same. It's like it's also about like TikTok has an element of like making videos to it about like just creating your own content and like there's more of an ability to do that. There's more like effects you can put into your videos and um, Instagram just doesn't have that. You can put a filter on, you can tag someone, but you can't really. You can. People, like, have made close to, I've seen, like, close to movies on TikTok. Like, or Like, not movies, but, like, short videos yeah, that have, no, like, a we, lot of effects. We, just, we just introduced Sarah Cooper.
1: A lot of creators like it a lot. I mean, Sarah Cooper was are do, are doing these Trump, she's doing these Trump. Oh, you uh, love those, Mom. I love them. I love Sarah Cooper. She used to work for Google. That's why. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but I think, but what I'm saying, I see much more creative stuff. And I when I look at it, it's always a TikTok, and it's never an Instagram. No, it's not. Yeah. All right, what other cool thing do you like? Uh, Casey, what do you think?
3: Another cool thing that I like, uh, well, besides the Squadcast app that lets me see the faces of the people
1: that I'm talking to, uh,
3: that's obviously a lot of fun. You know, for me, um, video games have been making a comeback. uh, So I've been playing some fun games on my Nintendo Switch. uh, Like what? On my PlayStation 4. Um, Alex
1: wants one of those. Should I get one?
3: Um, I yeah. think the Nintendo Switch is, is really a lot of fun. Um, the, uh, the Animal no, Crossing Louie's game is no, like probably the most say. popular. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh. okay. We have Apparently oh, we already okay. have one.
3: So. All right, I don't have one. Okay, all
1: right, yeah. go
3: ahead. Um, so Animal Crossing is the big hit game on, on Nintendo right now. It's like kind of a, a huge piece of the the culture. It's just kind of a series of uh, fake virtual chores to do every day, but it's very calming and soothing. And so people are going crazy for that. I played it on the
2: DS like a long time ago, like the old Animal yeah. Crossing. I got... Bored by it, I could not follow along with it. Has it like changed up a lot, or has it yeah, gone fun now? Um,
3: it, it's like very social. You can visit other people's islands, and you know, check out the things that they've built, and trade with them, and and that sort of thing. But you know, Cara, the other thing that you should know, because I think you would be excited by this, because I do live in a house that you own. Is uh, I've been cooking and baking up a storm. That that kitchen has never gotten more use. I'm oh, taking fantastic. such loving care of it. <laughs> I, right, I, I soused chicken for dish. the first time. It was great.
1: That's Amazing. very exciting. Amazing. Yeah. That's good because Louie Louis can come and help you learn That's right. more more techniques. Um, but you like games. Louie, have you been playing a lot of games?
2: Yeah, I've been playing I've been playing video games. What have you been playing? I've been playing you wouldn't know these. I've been playing uh Call of Duty Warzone recently. Um Battlefield One. Just video games like I used to play. And you I'm, are 18, I'm not really the so. biggest video game no. guy. I kind of fell out of that trend at the beginning of high school or like right. around middle school but um you know with nothing else to do it's fun to just like hop and, online and play with your friends you're doing a
1: lot of videos your brother does a ton of videos now he's all she's like he's like doing a lot of John Oliver like a ton That's of That's me.
2: That's me. I love John. No,
1: Oliver. also him. He's doing it a ton too. Yeah, he'll mm-hmm. sometimes just
2: like mention a piece that he's done and like try to pretend like he's the expert on it. But I've already uh, watched that piece three times. So I know. Right, but you're exactly using YouTube
1: and a lot of streaming a lot. So how do you, I'm going to finish up on that streaming. How do, you, how do you think about streaming? We watched a movie last. We watched 9 to 5, Casey. Great movie. I'd never movie. Wow, seen it before. That's, that's a lot yeah. of fun. We're going to do family movie night because we need to show Louis some films. He didn't want to watch Top Gun, which is a huge oh, disappointment wow. to me. That's a um, 9 to 5 looked better. I know, but Top Gun is a, Top Gun is a classic. We're going to be watching it. But what do you, how do you look at the streaming wars, Casey? The sp- um, you know, we got Disney, we got Quibi, which doesn't yeah. seem to have caught on. Oh,
2: Quibi sucks. It I does. Just see their ads. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank
1: so
3: you. So, <laughs> I, I went from thinking like, "Oh, there's there's too much streaming content; these services can't survive." To I'm um, feeling like, "Hey, it's all fine." You know, at some point, depending on how long this lasts, I might get to it eventually, right? Like, I might right, actually right. rewatch The Wire. Like, who knows? You know. So, the more streaming services, the merrier. I might, I might even get along to to Quibi someday. Like, we'll just have to see.
1: We'll have to see. So, but do you feel these are going to be big deals? These have become big deals. And the I numbers mean, for, are up I in mean, Netflix. Look at how
3: like Disney Plus got to what, 60 million subscribers in like four or five months or something insane. Like the appetite right. for streaming services is
1: still growing. So, end of movie theaters.
3: Uh, that actually, I do. Be, I mean, I think you're going to see something like the Alamo Drafthouse survive, like these kind of small boutique chains that really love movies and are right. kind of like shrines for like worshiping right. at the altar of movies. But the AMCs, the centuries, like they seem like they're food. screwed.
1: Yeah and they're, oh, Amazon is allegedly looking at them to buy them just as they did Whole Foods.
3: I mean yeah it's a it's a you know it's a lot it's of real only estate they'll probably get 400
1: million dollars. 400 million dollars.
3: Yeah only- it's I don't know. Have you thought to yourself once during the past like three months, like, man, I really miss going to the movies? Like
1: I I do. I'm the only one I wanted to see. I wanted to see Top Gun 2 in the movie theater. I wanted to see Wonder Woman in the movie theater. There were a couple of summer movies. I was very excited to plan an (laughs) evening around. Louis, of course, is always like, whenever I say come to the movies, he's like, no. So how do you feel about movie theaters, Lou? I don't
2: like movie theaters. I don't really like, I've never really been the biggest <laughs> fan of them. Um, Why? I don't know. I mean, it's cool looking at a big screen eating like junky popcorn, but like I could do the, like you could just do that at home. I can't pause the movie when I go to the bathroom. There's just a lot more benefits, I think, of watching a movie at home. And now that all it's right. all available to watch at home, it's easier. I remember when I was younger, I used to like count down the days till a movie that I missed in theaters would come out on like DVD or um, maybe to Netflix, Maybe. But I think that like, nowadays, with everything just transitioning over so fast, um, like, it, just, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'd, I'd wait like two weeks. I used to have to wait like four months.
1: All right. And then which is your favorite of all of them, of those streaming platforms? Casey and Louie.
3: I still probably spend more time on Netflix than any of them, but Hulu is a kind of dark horse that I've been spending more time on. There's like, more good stuff on Hulu than people realize.
2: Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, Hulu with the HBO expansion is where you need to go. That is just fantastic. I've been watching The Sopranos. I've been watching Game of Thrones. Um, I'll probably watch The Wire, but like- You should. It's great. Hulu, I think Netflix always has a bunch of stuff that you could just watch. I watched an episode of the show called Outer Banks, and- Ugh, oh, it's just so predictable. It's not like, it's, it's, like, it's, a, it's like a teen binge-worthy show, but I, I didn't really like it.
1: But Netflix has a lot of shows. Oh, it has so much content.
2: Is, I was a huge fan of Tiger King when that came out. That was great. <laughs> right, yeah. Every,
1: as was everybody. As was, But you, you you also watch Game of Thrones with your girlfriend, right? You watch it together and then you discuss it. Yeah, right? yeah.
2: We watch it, we FaceTime and we watch it together. But um, there's like a really that? good thing called Netflix Party where you can watch like the same Netflix show. On just like the same site. It's like almost like a, sh- a shared screen of Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, Hulu needs to get something like that. But um, I think there's like a lot of things like that that are, you know, making life a little bit easier.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Casey, shall we share a movie?
3: Yeah, I think that would be fun. You know, there's that like watch party app where everyone can like watch the same Netflix movie at the same time or something.
1: Right. There's all kinds of things like that. All right. I want to finish up by the last thing. Louis is turning eighteen. I wanna talk about this election. Louis, do you feel like you're informed enough? This is gonna be a digital election. Joe Biden is in the basement and seems to be staying there, which seems to be a good strategy actually. He's up. Um and Yeah, he's in the basement nothing. right
2: next to the uh, Yeah, He's he's in his basement, just like, you know, Sharon. His worldview to everybody. I think it's yes, exactly. It's it's really it's really interesting just to like watch him like, you know, it's it's interesting watching this campaign completely transition from like in person rallies. Like, I wonder what's going to happen with the RNC and DNC. Um, I yeah. heard there might still be an RNC, right?
1: Yes, there. Yes, I might be going, and I'm. Please gonna don't. Have to, they're going to kill Please me. don't. I know, I know. I know. I know. I know. I am going to have the COVID idiots kill me. Um,
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not. They're not all idiots, but um, okay.
1: Do you say so? Well, I don't think so. Gathering in a large gathering with lots of people in a sweaty place sounds like a bad idea. But oh, it does it in Sounds any like case. the worst
2: idea. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really interesting election, and I just hope states— so Where
1: are you getting your information? I
2: get my information from the New York Times, from CNN, from not—well, sometimes from MSNBC. Um, I also listen to Fox News just so I can hear what they're up to. You know, I think it's important to take in, you know, a varied diet. Of, of media to, just to and make you sure you're not you're listening get especially fooled? what?
1: Are you worried about getting fooled? I just getting fooled? No
2: I don't think I'm getting fooled. Um, I think I have a pretty good you know bullshit detector but at the same time in this day and age anybody can. Uh, I think like I'm very I'm very careful where my news comes from if it doesn't come from the direct company or the source like CNN, New York Times, I don't like trust it if it's the secondhand. Oh
1: providence it's called, the providence of things. Where is it coming from?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just, the thing that's most interesting to me about this election is how the actual election day is going to go down, how states are going to be able to get their, you know, get their shit together to make sure that mail-in voting is available to everyone, um, and to make sure that they're able to take in that much of an influx.
1: Well, I'll tell you, you and I are going to go down and vote that's what we're going to well, do. Well, I don't
2: think there's going to be much voting in person, Mom, frankly. Yes, there is. Oh,
1: no, it happened in Wisconsin. It happened. I think. There yeah, will but be a ha-
2: yeah, but it happened. Yeah, but I think that uh, the disenfranchises the two, a lot of people. And I think does. that states need to make sure that they have like a mail-in Agreed. voting system in place. And to do that, they also need to make sure that the United States Postal Service is properly funded and ready to manage yes. something like that. So
1: that is a There's a lot of issues
2: that need to be fixed come November. There's a
1: lot of issues. All right, Casey, I'm going to end with you because you should take a lap around, uh, a victory lap in terms of the uh, the content reporting you did, content moderation. I want to get your last, last thing. I'd like your insights on Facebook content moderation, the settlement, and also the new content board, the Supreme Court of Content.
3: Yeah, so um, I wrote a bunch of stories last year about Facebook's moderators who make very little money to make the internet safe for all of us to use, and as a result a bunch of them get PTSD. And there was a lawsuit filed, and this week Facebook reached a settlement of $52 million. Every moderator in North America is going to get a payment of at least $1,000, and some of them can get damages up to $50,000, at least in theory depending on how many people claim the money. Um, So it's really a landmark settlement because it is a vindication of the idea that being a content moderator can cause you mental illness. And we need to understand that the people that we're asking to do this work are effectively first responders, and we yeah. need to treat them like the, you know with the same amount of care and respect that we treat uh, police officers and paramedics. So, so it, did it was they get a really enough? big victory Did they for get them.
1: enough? Well, is it a well, enough so- money?
3: I mean, I'll tell you, Seems as somebody small. who has not covered a lot of class action lawsuits, even when you know that the lawyers' fees are huge, the lawyers took a third of the money in this case. Okay. So they took $17 million. So the $52 million settlement is actually $35 million for the moderators. Right. Yeah.
1: And then how much do they get?
3: Uh, who? The lawyers? The, the, uh, the moderators. Oh, so the moderators will get a thousand dollars a piece, uh, plus up to fifty thousand dollars in in damages, depending on uh, the severity of their condition.
1: Severity of their condition. Do you think that's fair? And do you think it's again like a parking ticket for Facebook? Cost are um, doing business.
3: You know, how do you put a price tag on getting PTSD from a job? Like, I have no idea, you know, what, what would be fair. Um, what I've said for a long time is I think these folks should be paid, uh, you know, more more along the lines of a firefighter or a police officer than uh, somebody making minimum wage. You know, a lot of them were making $15 an hour when I started reporting the story. So they they need to be paid better, and they need support after they leave the job, right? If you get PTSD on the job, I believe the employer has a moral obligation to pay for your treatment after you leave. So that's what I'd like to see.
1: All right. And do you think they're doing, what do you think about the content board?
3: So, you know, a lot of people are dunking on this and saying like, oh, it's so stupid. It'll never work. Like I'm somebody who believes in institutions and I think we need institutions to, to protect us. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see. They're starting very small. The only cases they're going to hear are cases where something was taken down that you think was taken down in error. So the only mm-hmm. immediate effect of this is going to, to be to restore more speech to the internet. I, I don't see that going too badly. I think the bigger question is, how far can they expand that? How, how fast and how effectively can they intervene to stop the spread of bad content? And we're not going to know that for more than a year.
1: We're not going to know that. But you don't think it's too big and unwieldy, you know, like a Look, UN. I call it the UN. Look,
3: like here's Like you and me spent all day complaining that the tech companies are too powerful. And so Facebook came along and they said, okay, we're going to create an independent body and we're going to give it $130 million and we are going to give some of our power away to it. Now, yes, it's not legally binding. Yes, they could try to get around it. But, you know, I've talked to Facebook executives. They are very excited to have someone else making these decisions. And, uh, you know, in the positive case, this becomes something akin to a system of justice for platforms that desperately need one, so I'm just yes. choosing to be optimistic about this one. Small I, like thing on Earth. Yeah. I, I
1: like your optimism. I like your optimism, but the fact of the matter is, I think the system is the problem, and so it's yeah. like defending private prisons. It's like prisons are the problem, like the pr- private prisons are the problem, like the whole construct. And so I think the construct is a problem, and it offloads responsibility that they should be, the board should be doing, that they should be doing, and it's it. Wait, I but, do, but let's I,
3: zoom in on that. So what you're saying is that you would, at the end of the day, you would rather on a really difficult. Dec- decision, decision—a uh, question of content moderation. You would rather that Mark Zuckerberg make that decision personally than the oversight. I would more. like because those are the your company- two choices.
1: Yes, I know really that. I'd rather have I would a group like, of
2: individuals making that board than the Zuck.
1: I would like them to run their business. Lots of businesses face all kinds of moral choices, and they have the guts to make these decisions, and the and the flack you get from making them. So yes, I would. I would like them not to be so big. I think that's the real issue: is basically is so big you. and so that they're so big and influential. It's hard. There's no other voices, and so that's that you've never seen. Someone was telling me the other day. There's. I was talking about you know. Oh, I think it was John Meacham talking about the powerful people in history, and he said no one's been as powerful as Mark Zuckerberg, not Carnegie, not Rockefeller, not because he controls the information. That is absolutely true. But I do think these companies have a responsibility not to offload their own decision-making to others. And I, I especially, you know, I was sort of struck by that Peter Thiel quote about if you want to get things done, keep a small board. If you don't want to get anything done, keep a large group of people. And I think it's a lot of people, 40 people. And I know they're going to be split up in groups of five and things like that. But I, I look, I'm hoping for the best. And I think the people they hired, they're all former Fantastics, you know what I mean? But. Even that was sort of like a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands to do, like, I, I, if they can really get, there was not a crank on that thing, there wasn't a loud mouth, there wasn't someone who could cause trouble, and that that that's my problem with it. I would like. I, of course, I'm sort of still butthurt that I didn't get selected myself.
3: <laughs> yeah. Now we're getting to the real issue here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'd be so good. I'd be such an irritant.
3: There's still 20 spots left on the board. You know, the dream is not dead. Yeah.
1: And I'm not. I'm waiting by the phone, Casey. <laughs> and Stuff like that. All right, you guys. I really appreciate all the wonderful insights you have given. I love your relationship with each other. I think it's <laughs> lovely. And Casey, we cannot wait to see you in actual person because we have such a lovely time with each other I and we know, miss you terribly. Much. I miss this you guys so only, much. This uh, is only this is only an online thing. It's kind of nice. It's work. Scottcast is nice, isn't it? It works yeah. really nice. But it's really we really appreciate all your insights. For anyone who is anyone, you should be listening and reading uh, Casey Newton. He has a newsletter which we're going to talk about in a second uh, when we get into the the the, the readout. But um, and Louis is going to be a student, a college student, going forward. Tomorrow he becomes a man, as you know. And so I'm really proud of you, Louis, for all your amazing uh, accomplishments and also your insights, you, which Mom. I think you don't realize quite how mature you are compared to others, including lots and lots and lots of adults, as Casey and I know. Correct, That's Casey? Right.
3: That's right. I would That's put right. Louis in charge of any number of tech companies today. I w- Please I don't. Would. <laughs> Please don't. I have no clue how to do that.
1: <laughs> I think you do just as well, trust me. I think you do just, I think you're 100% more mature than most of them. Anyway, thank you, Casey and Louie for coming on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. My executive producer, Erica Anderson is at Erica America. My producer, Eric Johnson is at Hey Hey ESJ. Casey, where can people find you online?
3: I am at Casey Newton on Twitter and my newsletter, The Interface is at theverge.com slash interface. Please sign up, it's free.
1: Please, it's really good and it's really good. And Louie, do, do you want anyone to find you online? No, they can no. try. They can try. <laughs> I put beautiful photos of him up and he looks handsome and wonderful. Anyway, often, if you I like think
2: Sometimes you really just bag me, mom. I'm going to be honest. No, sometimes I don't. you just put the you. absolute worst photo of me up. No,
1: I don't listen. And I'm like listen, there's like five photos so, and I'm
2: like, no, not that one. And it is that no, one. And no, that, you're has, wrong, been that, that f- has been no, my life. That has been my life for the past no, 18 no, years. No, you look
1: Good. You look good. Let me just tell you, the pictures I just put up of you doing pasta, everyone's like, who is that hunk of a man? Is that really, is that really what they're saying? Yes. Okay. That's really what they're saying. And I was like, stay away. That's my son. Anyway, <laughs> if you like this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend and make sure to check out our other podcasts, Pivot, Reset, Recode Media, and Land of the Giants. Just search them in your podcasting app of choice or tap a link in the show notes. Thanks also to our editor, Joel Rabe. Special thanks to Squadcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then.
0: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number.